message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Have a seat. Y'all are really enjoying that little welcome and greet time, it sounds like. Um, hey, uh, a couple other things I want to bring to your attention inside your, uh, inside your bulletin today if you didn't get one. Uh, but you'll notice um, uh, there's a little flyer in there that says Impact. Uh, that's the name of our uh, missions and outreach ministry here at Coastal. Uh, it's our theme for the year, Making an Impact. And uh, on the 24th, uh, which is uh, this coming Saturday, uh, there's a couple opportunities uh, to serve in our community. Uh, one is over at the Brookdale uh, Senior Living Center, um, which we've been serving uh, in Saturday Serve. Um, and uh, you see the information there, they're having a, an Easter egg hunt. And, uh, and then also uh, the, the elementary school across the street that we serve at, uh, Oakland Elementary School, is having their uh, spring fundraiser carnival, and uh, I'm grilling hot dogs for it. So if anybody wants to come out and, uh, and uh, help and serve and volunteer at their carnival or eat some free hot well, not free, actually. I guess it's a fundraiser. So, uh, but we're providing the hot dogs, and, uh, but if you'd like to come and serve in that way, you see all the information there, you can reach out to Kirsten. Um, the other thing that I want you to notice inside your bulletin today, uh, you should have tickets. Uh, there are four tickets, and uh, I guess we gave you four because we have four services, uh, but really we gave you four because we're hoping that everybody in this room has at least four people uh, that you know that you could reach out to and uh, invite to our Easter services. Now, you don't actually have to have uh, tickets to come to the service, uh, but these are invite tools to use to invite people to. And so in other words, if they lose them, it's like they can't come to church or something. That's not the case. Uh, but it has all the information here. Uh, we would encourage you and your guests, if they know what service they're coming to, uh, to go ahead and go to our website. Uh, they can go right to our, our homepage on our website. You can see it there uh, where you can register for our Easter services or easteratcoastal.com. And, um, but it does help us, so we kind of get a feeling uh, for which service is filling up, you know, if we need to push people toward another service, or go ahead and kind of declare that this service is, you know, particularly full, and, uh, which would be great. We'd like to pack out all four services. So all that uh, is right there. So make sure you take these home today. In fact, on the back of your Connect card, uh, it says this, um, I will invite the following people to one of our Easter services. And you can write their name there, and then even continue writing some names down underneath on the prayer request section, and we will start making a list of all the people that you're inviting, and we will partner with you and pray with you uh, for those people that you're inviting. So we're excited about Easter. Uh, it's going to be great. And, uh, but today we're excited because we, we wrap up uh, this series called Financial Freedom. And uh, what I want to do today is uh, take some of the big principles, kind of the big ideas, the big principles that we've been talking about during this series, and, and pull them all together and kind of wrap this thing up. Um, and I want to do that today by asking, first of all, one big question. And it's really the title of today's message. It's this, how do I live a life like nobody else? Okay, how do I live a life like no one else? Now, to answer that question, I do want everybody in the room today and everybody that's watching to do a little creative thinking exercise with me, okay? Little, I want you to put your, your creative thinking caps on. So everybody close your eyes, except for those of you who are walking in. Okay, everybody close your eyes. Close your eyes. Don't look at your neighbor. Just close your eyes. Don't worry. Nobody's going to rob you while, you're blind, while your eyes are closed. Um, although I would say we're in church, but depending on your thoughts of church or your knowledge of the people who attend Coastal, that might not be, be very comforting. But anyway, close your eyes anyway. No one's going to rob you. Um, I want... I want you to paint a picture in your mind of 
what your life would be like if you were living like no one else. Okay, just kind of get that picture in your mind. You know, where would you be living? Think about that. You know, what would you be doing? Who would you be with? What kind of house would you have? How much money would you be making? You know, what kind of possessions or toys or things would you have? What kind of career would you have? Would you have the career you have now, or would you have some other career? So everybody's picturing it, right? you got your dream life, living life like nobody else. Now, everybody's eyes are closed. You're still picturing this. Here's what I can probably guess. You're probably wealthy, right? Okay? You're probably imagining a very nice home, maybe even a vacation home, probably not where you currently live. Um, maybe lots of possessions or that toy that you've always thought you wanted, needed, or uh, maybe you've got your dream career, or maybe you, you make so much money or have so much money, you're not even, you're not even working at all. A- am I somewhat close to the picture? Okay, everybody open your eyes. Now, I know, and you're like, ah, oh, now you're disappointed. Now, here's where I burst your bubble, okay? Because most of the things that you are probably picturing in your mind, you know, the dream home, the money, the possessions, most of that, you ready for this, has very little to do with living a life like no one else. Those things, that stuff, that it doesn't bring happiness and fulfillment to your life. Now, most people will tell you, yes, they absolutely will. You know, more wealth and more possessions equals more happiness and more fulfillment. But I want to tell you something. That is a lie. In fact, I want you to hear it from some experts on the subjects, okay? These, these experts happen to be four of the most wealthy individuals who've ever lived on the planet, okay? First one is John Astor. He was America's first multimillionaire, okay? When he died, he was the richest man at that time in America, and he was quoted as saying this, I am the most miserable man on earth. John D. Rockefeller, a 20th century oil baron, uh, when he passed away, he was the richest person in America. He is known for having said this, I've made many millions, but they have brought me no happiness. Andrew Carnegie uh, made his fortune in U.S. Steel. Uh, He's known for having said this, millionaires never smile. And then there's Henry Ford, who founded Ford Motor Company, known for having said this, this quote, I was happier when I was just doing a mechanic's job. You see, it takes more than money and possessions in order to live a life like no one else. And that's what this series has been about. Uh, In fact, it's been more than just about money. It's really been about following Jesus and and living out biblical principles in every area of our life, including, yes, our finances. So today what we're going to do is we're going to kind of tie this whole series together by looking at five biblical principles that are necessary if you're going to live a life like nobody else. Okay, if you're taking notes, principle number one. The principle of contentment. Contentment. Uh, This is the the idea of being satisfied with what you have. Of not always having to have more. Not always having to keep up with the Joneses. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that you you shouldn't strive to be successful. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with making money or having stuff. Because there's not. And we've not said that in this series. 
But there is, listen to me, there is something wrong when you've been blessed and yet you're not content. You know, another famous quote from John D. Rockefeller, when he was asked, how much money do you need? His response was, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Now, we smile at that a little bit, but, you know, the reality is that's how most people live their lives. In fact, uh, a recent Gallup survey, listen to this, interviewed people who made approximately $30,000 a year, okay? And they asked them two questions. Question number one, do you think you're rich? Okay, by and large, pretty much everybody said, no, we're not rich. And then the second follow-up question was, well, how much money would you need to make in order to be satisfied? Now, averaging the answers of everybody together uh, who made $30,000, on average, they said, we would need to make approximately $74,000 in order to be satisfied. Well, then they asked those same two questions to people who made $50,000. Same thing. And they said, "Uh, no, we're not rich. Okay? And, And then, on average, they said, well, they would need to make approximately $120,000 in order to be satisfied. Again, two to three times, uh, you know, basically than what they were currently making. Well, then they did the same thing. They posed the same question to people who were making a million dollars. A million dollars. And they, and you know, are you rich? And, and almost everyone said, no, we're not rich. And on average, they said they would need to make um, almost $5,000 a year to be satisfied. Do do, do you see a pattern developing here? It, you know, again, we are, we are never satisfied with what we have. And most people think that they need to make two to three times what they're making right now to be satisfied. But the truth is, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. In other words, finding contentment, you know, finding satisfaction, finding fulfillment through increasing your wealth, increasing your possessions, that is a dead-end trap. It is. It is a never-ending, always-moving target. In other words, listen to me. If you can't be fulfilled, if you can't be content with what you have right now, you are never going to be content no matter how much you have. And let me tell you something, that principle plays out in almost every area of life. For example, if you are a single adult here today, and you can't be happy with with who you are and your state in life right now, in other words, you you can't be content as a single person, guess what? You are not going to be content as a married person. You're still not going to be happy. And if you can't be happy with whatever money you have right now, you will never be happy with no matter how much money you make. Let me tell you why. Because money in and of itself is not a transformer. Money is an amplifier. Write that down. Money is not a transformer. It is an amplifier. In other words, money doesn't change who you are. It only magnifies who you already are. And what that means is this. If you are content right now, you know, with what you have, then when you get more money, you'll still be content. But if you are discontent now, whatever amount of money you have, all that getting more money is going to do is just going to make you even more discontent. Money doesn't change who you are. It just makes you more of who you already are. Psalm 49, 16 and 17 says this. So don't be dismayed 
when the wicked grow rich and their homes become even more splendid. For when they die, they carry nothing with them. Their wealth will not follow them into the grave. What are these verses saying? They're saying, ultimately, no matter what, guess what? You can't take it with you. You can't. You know, it's that old joke. You never see a, you know, a hearse carrying a U-Haul, right? Why? Because you can't take it with you. So don't be jealous, you know, when you see somebody who's got more stuff than you got. You know, the story also goes that uh, after uh, John D. Rockefeller died, that somebody approached his accountant and wanted to know the answer to this question. He asked him, how much money did Rockefeller leave behind? And his response was classic, all of it. All of it. You know, he left all of it behind. Listen, if you want to live a life like no one else, you got to learn this principle of contentment. Principle number two, the principle of discipline. The principle of discipline. The greatest enemy of discipline in our life today is the desire for instant gratification. You know, people say, listen, I, you know, I want to be in good shape. You know, I'm going to eat well. I'm going to live healthy. I'm going to exercise. That's discipline, right? But then we say, I sure could go for a cheeseburger with french fries right now. You know, that's what? Instant gratification. Or we'll say, you know what, God? I'm going to wait for a godly man or a godly woman to get married. That's discipline. And then we say, you know what? I'm pretty lonely right now. Right now. This girl will do, you know? This guy, will, this guy will be okay. Instant gratification. We got to apply the same, you know, we, we apply the same concept to money. We say, you know what? I'm going to save. Uh, I'm going to get out of debt. You know, I'm going to uh, start uh, tithing and honoring God with my finances. All that's discipline. And then we say, but you know what? Man, I really want that new car. I'm going to buy this computer. I'm going to get this iPhone. Even though I can't, you know, pay cash for any of it, and it's going to put me deeper and deeper into debt, that's instant gratification. Discipline says, I'm going to say no to instant gratification right now so that I can receive greater rewards later. Listen to me for a moment. And man, this is so key to this whole series we've been in. You are never going to be able to live a life like no one else if you just keep giving in to instant gratification. The decisions that you are making today, they are going to affect your tomorrow. The decisions you're making today are going to affect your tomorrow. Hebrews 12, 11 says this, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening, right? We all agree with that. In fact, he says, it's painful, it's hard, it's difficult. But afterward, there will be a quiet harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. You know, be disciplined. You know, with your finances, starting today, man, I, I hope and pray that you're going to walk away from this series, you know, having, having made the commitment, you know what, I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to say no to instant gratification because I want 
you know, some financial freedom in my life down the road. That's principle number two. Principle number three is the principle of generosity. The principle of generosity. Acts 20, 35 says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Jesus said, you're gonna be more blessed if you can focus your life on what you can give instead of what you get. You know, and, and that's what we've been talking about in this series. Really, that's the big principle, that, that uh, generosity begins to open the door, the door to God's blessing in your life. And it's going to break those, those chains of materialism and greed. Here's the bigger idea that we've been talking about. Listen, God actually blesses you so that you will be a blessing to other people. You see, God doesn't bless me to raise my standard of living. He blesses me to raise my standard of giving. Write that down. Let me say that again. God doesn't bless you to raise your standard of living. He blesses you to raise your standard of giving. Listen, God is not an accidental God. Okay? In other words, it's no accident that you all happen to be living, you know, where you're living right now in the specific time in history that you are living right now, that you are in this city, that you are surrounded by the friends and family that you have in your life. That, that is no mistake. And God has you right where he wants you for a reason, for a season, and part of that purpose is so that you will be a blessing to other people. And you know, sometimes people come up to me and they're like, you know, Pastor Chris, you know, I don't know if I really know what my purpose is in life. I, I, I don't know what it is. Do you know what it is? And you know, I'll say, you know what? I'm, I might not know your specific, exact purpose and plan that God has for you. You know, your career or where he wants you to live or who he wants you to be with. I don't, I don't know all, the, all those things. But I do know this. I do know this. You are where you are, and you are who you are so that you can be a blessing to other people, so that God can use you, and so that he can pour his blessings into your life so that then you can be a blessing to other people. Now, if you happen to decide, you know what? No thanks, God. I, I don't think I want that. You know, I, I don't want that deal. I, I don't want to be a blessing to other people. Well, guess what? You actually have that option. You can make that decision, but you better understand this. When you say, well, I'm not going to be a blessing to other people. I'm going to hold on to what I have. I'm going to keep everything that I have for myself. Well, then if you make that decision, then the less God is going to bless you. And then the emptier and emptier and emptier it's going to make you feel on the inside. You see, if you want to live a life like nobody else, then you've got to say no to closed-fisted living. And you've got to start saying yes to open-handed living. And that's been a big principle in this series. Remember, closed-fisted living says, you know what, everything I got is mine. You know, I earned it, I worked for it, and I'm keeping it for myself. Well, God's got a better way for you to live than that. It's called open-handed living. It's where you recognize that everything that you have, it comes from God. 
every good thing you have in your life. It's a blessing from God. And God wants to use it to be a blessing to other people. He wants to keep funneling blessings into your life if you will keep funneling those to other people. And let me tell you something. That, my friends, is one of the keys to living a life like nobody else. Principle number four. The principle, the principle of enjoyment. Enjoyment. You know, I think this is one of the... Um, big misconceptions about God that people have. That somehow God doesn't want you to enjoy life or enjoy the things of life or to enjoy the, the blessings that he's given you. Now, let, let, let me be clear. Nowhere in the Bible does God promise that you're going to be wealthy. Okay, He doesn't promise to make you rich. But he does promise to meet every single one of your needs and to provide with you a life that is full and complete and a life that he wants you to enjoy. In fact, look at what 1 Timothy 6.17 says. Tell those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which soon will be gone, but their trust should be in the living God who richly gives us all that we need for our what? What's the word? Our enjoyment. Underline that word, circle it, star it, highlight it, our enjoyment. Now, obviously, God says, listen, don't, don't put your trust in money. You know, don't make money your God. If, you, if you're relying on money to make you happy, you are always going to end up being tragically disappointed. But if you keep God at the center of your life, God says, man, I'm going to be sure you have all that you need, and not just to, to make it through life, but to enjoy it. God wants you to enjoy his blessings. Listen, I, wanna, I want you to understand something. This series has, has not been about guilt. Okay, that's not the purpose of this. Now, I realize some of you might be sitting there going, well, a little too late for that, Pastor Chris, you know. I feel pretty guilty, you know. I'm, I'm in debt. I feel guilty because of that. I feel guilty because I haven't saved anything. I feel guilty because I don't give. I'm not honoring God with my finances. Now, listen to me. Okay, sure, guilt can be a big red light on the dashboard of your life saying, you know what, you know, you need to get back on the right path. But ultimately, this series has not been about guilt. It's been about showing you the pathway to God's full and fruitful and meaningful life, a life that's meant to be enjoyed. And here's the thing. God wants you to enjoy that life he has given you so that you can live life like nobody else. So here's what I want you to do today. Take some time and just enjoy the blessings of God. You know, we, we, we don't do this enough. We're so busy and we're so frantic chasing after the next thing. Listen, I want to give you permission this week just to stop and slow down and take some time and enjoy what you have. You know, enjoy your home. Enjoy the stuff in it. And enjoy your food, enjoy. You know, if you go out today after church, enjoy it. Man, thank God for it. Take time and stop and think about exactly how God has blessed you. You know, friends, family, things, possession, you know, a job. I mean, when you think about how God has blessed you, by the way, don't compare it with somebody else. Because, you know, if you do that, if you compare it with somebody else, you're either going to see that they have more, and now you're going to be discontent or jealous, or you're going to see that, that you have more, and then you feel guilty. You know, and both are crazy. It's just a crazy cycle. Instead, take some time, and you know what? Thank you, God. This is from you. We're going to enjoy this today. You know, you've blessed me with this, and I'm thankful for it.
And I know it comes from you. And I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to have fun with it. That leads me to the last principle. Principle number five. The principle of eternal perspective. The principle of eternal perspective. You see, this series has been a lot more than just about money. It's really about facing yourself in the mirror and just looking at your life and the decisions that you've made. And and it is, you know, it's important for us to understand that while money, yes, is important, man, it's not the most important thing. I mean, come on, you know that, right? It's not, you know, it's not the answer to all of life's problems. Now, here's what I want you to do. Right there on your outline, underneath number five, there's a little, uh, little bit of space there. I want you to, um, I just want you to draw a dot, okay? Everybody with your, your pen, your pencil, whatever, just draw a little dot right there on the left-hand side, just a, a left-hand side right underneath number five. That dot, that little circle, uh, represents your life, Okay? Your life on planet Earth. Now, it's short. You know, it's brief. It has a beginning. It has an ending. But it's brief. Now, the dot's on the left-hand side. Out from the dot, I want you to draw a line. All the way across the page there. Draw draw a line all the way to the other side. Now, at the end of the right-hand side, I want you to put a little arrow. Okay, put a little arrow at the end of the line symbolizing that this line doesn't end. Okay, it just keeps on going right on, you know, forever. Now that line represents eternity. It's our life after death. Now the dot, the 70, 80, you know, maybe if you're lucky, 90 plus years you have here on this planet, you got to admit something, that it's pretty brief when compared to the line. Okay, because this line is eternity, and it goes on and on and on. Now, the Bible tells us that you and I are are going to spend a lot more time on the other side of death. Okay, we're going to spend far more time in eternity than we spend in this life on this planet. Now, right now, everybody in this room, you and I, we are all living in the dot, in the dot. Our lives are here, in the now, in the dot. Now, I got a question for you today. What are you living for? I mean, you're, you're here in the dot, but really, what are you living life for? Now, the short-sighted person, the person with no real perspective on life, just lives for the dot, Okay? Just, you know, for the 70 or 80 years that you have here in this life. But you got to understand something. The Bible tells us that this dot, man, this ain't our home, okay? We weren't created for the dot. We weren't created for just the years that we have here on this planet. God actually made you for eternity. So the person with that perspective, okay, with this eternal perspective, lives for more than just the dot. In fact, look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter six. He said this, 
Don't store up treasures for yourself here on earth where they can be eaten by moths and get rusty, where thieves break in and steal. In other words, don't store up stuff for yourself here in the dot. Store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where they will never become moth-eaten or rusty, where they will be safe from thieves. You see, here's Jesus. Jesus said that there are two kinds of treasures that we live our lives storing up for, okay? The treasures of the dot, Wealth, possessions, fame. And, and in and of themselves, man, there's nothing wrong with any of those things, but you better recognize that they're just temporary. They don't last. But did you know that even while you are here in the dot, even while you are here now on planet Earth, that you can begin to store up for yourselves treasures in heaven? that are gonna last forever? Did you know that every act of kindness that you do in Jesus' name, that that stores up for you a treasure that will last forever in heaven? That every act of obedience, every time you honor God with your actions, with your thoughts, with your, your speech, with your words, you are storing for yourselves up treasures in heaven. Did you know that every time you reach out to a neighbor, that every time you share your faith, you share your story, every time you hand a ticket and you invite a friend to come to Coastal with you, every time you serve in the name of Jesus, what you are doing is you are storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven, treasures that will last forever. You know, a lot of people, even some Christians that I know, have this fear of death. Okay, now that is somewhat of a natural tendency, but some people fear death more than other people. And do you know one reason I think that's true? Because the closer and the closer they come to death, the closer and closer they are coming to the day that they are going to have to leave everything that they have stored up because they have spent their lives focusing on the dot and just storing up treasures here on this earth. And the tragedy is, is that if you spend your life storing up tre treasures here, when you die, they are all left behind. And that, my friends, is the tragedy of living life for the dot. But if you invest in heavenly treasures instead, if you live your life for eternity, man, you don't have to fear death because every single day is just one day closer, one day closer when you will see Jesus face to face and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom of heaven forever and all the treasures that you have stored up, you get to enjoy for all of eternity. I don't fear that. Now, if you're in debt you know, I hope you're walking away from this series with a commitment and a plan to get out of debt. If you have never saved anything, I hope you walk away from the series with a commitment and a plan to start saving. If you haven't been honoring God with your money, if you don't give, if you don't tithe, I hope and pray that you are gonna walk away from this series with a commitment and a plan to do that as well. But more than anything else, I hope you walk away from this series with a gift that is far, far greater than financial freedom. I hope you walk away with real 
and eternal spiritual freedom that only God can bring through Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus offers freedom. Jesus offers a life like no one else can live. And the Bible is clear. The reason you and I don't experience that real freedom in our life every day, and and the Bible says that it's because we are separated from God by our sin. And every single person here, you know, we all made a choice to turn our back on God and to go a direction other than God's best for us. And that's called sin. And those choices, that sin, it separates us from him. And it keeps us from experiencing God's blessings in our life here and now. Where we don't experience that peace that transcends all understanding. We don't experience life in all of its fullness. But even more tragic than that, because of that sin, we do not experience forgiveness. And we will not have a home with God in eternity in heaven. We are separated from God by our sin, not just in this life, but in the life to come. But the Bible also says this, that our loving heavenly Father, he knew you, and he saw you and your situation in your sin, and in his great, great love, he willingly made the choice to pay the debt of your sin by sacrificing his one and only son, Jesus. Jesus came, he was born as a baby, he lived a life as a man, he lived a perfect life, and he went to the cross, and he took a beating on that cross, the likes of which you and I could hardly fathom, and he went into a tomb, they laid him, they rolled a stone in front of it, and three days later, he came back from the dead. He rose from the dead. It was witnessed literally by hundreds of people. It was recorded in human history. He proved that he has power over sin and death. And he did that for you and he did that for me. And if we will receive him into our life, if we will put our trust in him and and what he did for us, our sins can be forgiven. And when we do that, that wall of separation no longer stands between us and God. And we can experience peace here and now, freedom here and now, and forgiveness. And we will have a home in eternity forever. And all you have to do is to ask Jesus to forgive you and to come into your life. Look at this next verse, this last one, Romans 10, 9. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, In other words, if you believe, if you profess, confess that he is the boss, he is the CEO, he is the manager of all you included, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What about you? Have you made that exchange? Your sin for the blood of the Savior? Have you finally, you know, given up just living for the dot? 
that little dot, the 60, 70, 80, maybe 90 years that you have here, traded that in for a life like no one else. Maybe the wisest decision that you could make in this entire series is to ask Jesus to come into your life and to pay the debt of your sin. I hope you do. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I just, uh, I thank you for loving us the way you do. And I thank you for that full, abundant, wonderful life that you give us here and now. This life is just the, uh, just the opening act for the life to come. It's just practice. It's just a run through. And um, God, I, I do pray that you know, we will begin to walk these principles out in our lives. Um, I pray that uh, no matter where people find themselves in their finances today, God, that they will begin to make that commitment and that plan to walk according to your principles. But God, it would be the greatest tragedy of all that we would walk out of this series or any service that we have thinking that we can just clean up our act, whatever that is, even our finances in and of ourselves without the greater uh, principle of life, eternal life found in Christ. And, you know, maybe you're here today and, you know, it's possible today is your first day and you hear that we're in the series on finances, but um, today you found the Savior. Listen, God loves you and he is ready for you to come home. And it's, uh, it's so simple. It's just a matter of you pouring out your heart to him and he sees your heart right here and right now. And so wherever you're at, listen, if you really want to imagine the life that's like no other, the full life, the satisfied life, your dream life, let me tell you something, it is all wrapped up in Christ. And you can have it right here and right now. And not just here and now in the dot, but for all eternity. Just pour out your heart to God right now and just pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, um, I have blown it. I, I'm a sinner. I, I have, I've gone my own way. I've chosen a path without you. But today I take that one step of faith. And, and listen, that is all it takes. Some of you are here today and you're thinking, you know, you gotta clean yourself up first. It's this long, hard journey back home to God. It is not. It's just one step of faith. You know, as you, as you take that step of faith, what you are doing is you are turning your back on your sin. You're admitting that and you're, you're admitting and, and confessing that life is only found in Jesus. And just say, God, I believe. I believe that Jesus really is your son. I believe that he died for me. I believe that he paid the price for my sin. And, and, uh, but death and sin and this life, he, he overcame all of it. He rose from the dead and he is alive. And today, God, as much as I understand, as much as I know, I believe that. I put my trust and my faith in him and in him alone and what he did for me, what he accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. And now, God, 
thank you. Thank you for adopting me as your child, for uh, including me in your family. And now I just want to live a life of, of worship and gratitude for who you are and what you've done for me. And I just want to become day by day a little bit more like you see me. Thank you. I pray these things today in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.